Welcome to Tibet Talks, a podcast series from the International Campaign for Tibet. You're about to hear the recording of a live conversation. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode on uh, Tibet Talks. Um, I'm Denji Gatso, Interim Vice President and Director of Outreach at International Campaign for Tibet. Today, uh, we will discuss the Beijing Winter Olympic Games and what it means for Tibet and the international community. We are bringing to this discussion three different perspectives from three very special guests. Please join me to welcome Tundu Pongchenla, uh, Mr. Enes Kanter Freedom, and Wongbo uh, Tedongla. Welcome, everyone. It's an honor to have all of you on our show today. Um, so we this is uh, we don't have a very long program today, so I want to dive right in after welcoming everyone. I want to first um, start off uh, with Tundubla, uh, and I will share a short video of Tundubla. Uh, An oath is sacred. The IOC leaders and the Chinese government see it differently. Freedom of press, fairness, these were their assurances in 2008. A Tibetan man believed in this and made a documentary where Tibetans from all walks of life freely aired their views on the Olympics. As a result, he was arrested, and for the next six years, he was tortured and imprisoned, kept apart from his wife and children. His name is Thundup Wangchen. You put your life on the line ahead of the Beijing Olympics to bring ordinary Tibetan voices from inside Tibet to be heard by all of us. For this, you were sentenced six years imprisonment. You suffered torture, mistreatment in Chinese prisons, and it was not until 10 years later, 2017, that you were able to be reunited with your family in San Francisco. This courageous man did not want to let another Olympic Games go past without effort, and he began a one-man journey speaking tour in Europe uh, in November 2021, uh, going on to uh, next month. And Tundumla, uh, so I want to start off by asking, first of all, you to tell us what is your inspiration, what gives you so much courage, and what is your objective? First of all, I would like to thank you for inviting me to this uh, conversation and uh, I'm very happy to be with you. And I'm very glad to see Enes here among us and I welcome you also. So, being a Tibetan, I have a natural responsibility to speak for my people. And after 2008, Tibet turned into a big prison and the people are suffering. And the Xi Jinping became sort of a second martyrdom, and the Tibetans are suffering, as also other people. Uh, while uh, China was awarded with the 2022 Games, the Tibetan situation deteriorated. Uh, Tibetan school, teacher, cultural leaders uh, got under pressure, many of them also under uh, imprisonment. And this is the situation that we are facing now in Tibet. So, so it's a situation which is extremely difficult for the Tibetan. 
and the people are not allowed, for example, to, to contact their family members abroad or, or uh, in the villages. Uh, uh, the government has uh, put some informers uh, and uh, uh, the general kind of uh, situation but became very, very restrictive. So that's the reason why I came to Europe and do this tour and I'm doing this with the help of people who are in Europe and try to educate them about the situation in Tibet and about the Winter Olympics. Yes, you have been traveling since November, visiting over 12 countries. Uh, you began in Paris and then you uh, were in Netherlands where speaking at a special procedures at the Dutch Foreign Ministry. You've had uh, multiple meetings with MPs and uh, very good media coverage. And today also we have NS joining us here, lending to bring attention also to uh, what you're talking about. And uh, with being able to do all of this, uh, how does it feel and how has the reaction been and what does it mean uh, for yourself? So I feel very much encouraged to continue with my struggle and with the fight. I met a lot of people here who have seen this documentary that I made with some friends. And so it's a sense of encouragement that I have to carry on with this struggle. So what I learned in my on my journey is I met to see a lot of government official media people and other folks and there are sort of three categories of people there are people who are earnestly concerned about human rights then there's a group of people who talk about human rights but who actually do not do much and then there are of course those who are supporting the Chinese view and that's what I uh, learned on this tour. Yeah. So uh, the second thing that I learned is uh, the, the, those people who uh, are concerned of, on China, they understand to see clearly that China is a lawless country and that human rights have no value and uh, that it's uh, uh, sort of a, there's a common effort needed to see to overcome this situation. Thank you. At this point, I want to uh, turn to uh, Mr. Ennis Cantor Freedom. Uh, Ennis needs uh, no introduction, at least in our, our Tibet world now. Uh, he has been, uh, but he has been long using his celebrity status to raise awareness about the injustices in Turkey. And more recently, you've been outspoken and uh, gotten into trouble with the Chinese government for raising concerns about oppression in Tibet, East Turkestan, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Mongolia. We are all um, very grateful for your voice. And I think uh, we have a lot more Tibetans now following the Boston Celtics uh, games, uh, what you're doing. Um, so. I want to also share here a short uh, video for uh, uh, some of our viewers who may not have seen here. This is a video that took us all by a surprise. After learning all of this, I cannot stay silent. I stand with my Tibetan brothers and sisters and I support their calls for freedom. The communist ideology of China has been around for only about 100 years. But Buddhist civilization, 
ideology and philosophy has been around for thousands of years. Only the Tibetan people should decide the future of Tibet, 100%. Tibet belongs to the Tibetan people. So Mr. Ennis Freedom, I want to ask you, what was your motivation? How did you decide to make this video and just share this? You know, I remember when I was a teenager, I was, you know, following uh, His Holiness on, on social media. You know, his all his tweets, all his Instagram posts, and his all all, all his social media really inspired me to become a better uh, person. I remember I was doing a basketball camp for the kids mm -hmm. uh, the summer, and I remember I was taking pictures uh, for the kids, and one of the parents called me out in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And that, how can you call yourself a human rights activist when mm -hmm. your brothers and sisters in China are, you know, getting tortured and, and their rights are getting abused? And I was very shocked. I turned around to that parent and said, I promise I'm going to get back to you. And then I started to study about what Tibetans are going through, what Uyghurs people are going through, what Hong Kongers and Taiwanese and Mongolian Mongoli people are going through. Mm -hmm. And obviously it shattered my heart. So that's why I was like, I need to use this platform to be the voice of all those innocent people out there who don't have a voice. So to me, it was really important. And obviously I grew up as a big fan of His Holiness. So that's why I was like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to amplify the the peace and the love and unity unity that he always uh, calls for so that's why i was uh very you know sad to see what tibetans are uh, going through because to me it is a cultural genocide and shame on uh, communist party thank you and as you uh yeah at your young age you it is inspiring for us to see you put yourself out there so what has the reaction been from your sports community? Um, how have, um, you know, your outspokenness, uh, how, has, how has the reaction been to that? You know, unfortunately, many of my uh, friends in the sports world and many of my friends in acting world, you know, my friends in, you know, who sings or raps, unfortunately, are scared to say a word against, you know, uh, China because they care too much about money, business, and endorsement deals. But to me, morals, values, and principles are way bigger than any kind of uh, business or any kind of endorsement deals that you can, uh, you can get. I feel like, you know, just the important thing is to me to be with the innocent people, be their voice, and use my platform to stand for them. And, uh, when I learned that just because of the uh, Communist Party, uh, the Tibetan people are not allowed to study their own language, and they are not allowed to travel freely, or they are not allowed to access information freely, and they are not even allowed to worship freely, even owning a simple picture of His Holiness can get you arrested. And I was like, I cannot stay uh, silent, you know, because I actually met with uh, some of the uh, Tibetans and they're one of the most nicest people 
uh, around the world. And actually, I love the food that they cook for me called MoMA. Oh, yes. yeah. It is one of the most tastiest food that I've ever tasted. And I hope uh, we actually have a, a cultural, uh, Tibetan cultural center in Boston. And I visited there and they made me a MoMA. And I actually had a four to-go boxes and brought it home with me. You know, after hearing all this, I told myself I cannot stay silent. And I have to stand for these beautiful uh, people. Thank you, Enes. Yes, I remember watching you speak to the Tibetan community in Boston. You visited also the New York community and also some rallies organized by Students for Free Tibet and uh, other groups. So, yes, thank you. you, you we've been following and uh, watching you. Um, so now we have the Beijing Olympics coming up. Um, what is your message to other athletes ahead of these games? Are you hopeful that some players will follow your lead in speaking out on Tibet, on Uyghur issues, on um, other victims? You know, first of all, people and athletes and the government governments needs to understand the Chinese Communist Party does not represent the Olympic core values of excellence, of respect, of friendship. They are a brutal dictatorship and they engage in censorship. They threaten freedoms and they do not respect human rights. And while we are talking right now, there is a genocide happening. I am telling all my athlete friends, all the gold medals in the world that you can win is not more important than your morals and your values and your uh, principles. And also, I believe the International Olympic Committee is sleeping in the same bed with uh, China because it's a shame that they're organizing an, an important games like Olympics in a country like uh, China where there are millions of human rights uh, abuses. But I believe diplomatic boycott is good but it's not enough i uh, i hope you know all these governments and athletes out there goes out and says enough is enough and we need to use our voice to amplify what's going on over there so i hope that you know all the governments out there and all the uh you know athletes out there can do more than just diplomatic uh, boycotts well spoken thank you Ines. i want to now at this point i want to uh invite our Third speaker, Mr. Wang Buchatong, my colleague, who is the executive director of ICT Europe office, who has worked in many different uh, capacities within the Tibet movement. And uh, Ongula, can you tell us how ICT looks uh, to this uh, Olympic Games and how has the government's reactions um, been uh, on these campaigns? It is uh, one of our uh, main aims to call for this diplomatic boycott. But as Anna said, it's not enough. It's not enough. And we wish more uh, sort of uh, uh, governments you see, to speak up on the situation in China and really address the situation as it is. So uh, we, what we did in the past months and weeks uh, were approaching governments, parliaments, and so on, and talk to them. That's one part. Then the second thing, what now is more important or is coming uh, as a next task is uh, we understood that the governments actually were asked or has a, have a responsibility to advise also the National Olympic Committees about the situation in China. 
and the athletes, you see, to advise them so that they are not exploited by this regime for their own ends. And there are many things that the uh, governments should do. For example, the Chinese often, you see, have uh, created some image of minorities happily, you see, coming to the games, and the athletes were put on the same picture and these sort of things. So we think actually the athletes should be, you see, uh, sensitized for these situations, but this is not happening as much as we hope for. This is something, uh, now we created a, a, a briefing paper and the background material, so to educate them. The second important thing is now also to you see, change, uh, talk, to have a conversation with the athletes and with the sports federation. Uh, there is this image of athletes who are not interested in uh, 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 other matters than their sport alone. And that's also not true. Well, if we look in the Olympic history, there are people like John Carlos, Thomas Smith, Cattle uh, Evans, uh, and also the protesters at the last Olympics, you see, who were fighting for LGBT uh, rights. And there are these positive role models. And we have Ennis, you see, among us, who is also one of these. And the, the greatest of all is Muhammad Ali, who was fighting, you see, for the rights of the people and was you see, opposing the Vietnam War and really, you see, also put his own sports career uh, at risk, you see, for his values. And I think we need to encourage and also protect the athletes who want to do something. And uh, this is uh, something that we are working on now. How can our um, viewers participate or be involved? Yeah, uh, there are, at the moment, there are uh, uh, some activities going on. Uh, in the US, we have a petition going on uh, to uh, the NBC Sports Channel. And uh, I ask you uh, and uh, just, just uh, share this link with the, your friends. That's something that needs to be done. Then the second thing is, in the coming three weeks, uh, uh, I think it's important also to send a signal and encourage those athletes who want to do something at the Olympics. And uh, we have prepared a small campaign, uh, which is uh, about this freedom bracelet. Maybe Tanu Wanjala should explain this. Yeah, I think I would like to ask him to explain this. Yeah, he can assist you on this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, it, uh, to no explained that this arm bracelet was made by political prisoners uh, from their rests, you see, from their clothes, you see, they took some threads and made this. And uh, it's a sign for freedom. And uh, uh, his request is, you see, uh, also to NSC, we will send one to you. Uh, during the Olympics, everyone who thinks about Tibet, you see, and uh, uh, do not forget the situation in China, the genocide that's happening and so on, that these people should wear this bracelet. And there is also a, a YouTube uh, advisor, uh, or how do you call it, manual, video manual, how to create your own uh, freedom uh, bracelet. So maybe this is something that uh, you and others could you see, try to help to spread out, yeah. Spread out. And we also have them on our ICT store, not to put in a plug, but oh, uh, good. we good. have that yeah. uh, for viewers. Um, uh, we are running out of time, but I want to, at this end, I also want to say it's an honor to have, um, you know, Tunubu uh, um, Angela, Enes, your, inspir your, inspir your inspiration, 
for us. I want to also share my colleague Wong Bula, also you're an activist also, uh, even though you wear a suit right now. And I wanted to share uh, for, uh, the, for our viewers a photo over here of Wong Po at uh, Tiananmen Square in 2006, right ahead of the Beijing Summer Olympics. He was actually next to the Olympic countdown clock there and uh, where he unfurled this and somehow um, was able to escape from there. So with having three of you, I won't say three generations because, but you're also almost like maybe three decades from different decades um, uh, on the panel here, all of you activists in your uh, uh, own fields, um, what message would you share for each other? Who shall start? Oh, just first. Yeah, all going to do uh, there are many people who should do something because they are actually taking responsibility for doing something. They do what they don't. You, you, are, you speak for the Tibetan people, you do something. And this is uh, also having an impact on the international scene. So, this is something which is extremely precious. I'd like to thank you for your efforts. Yeah. And, you know, for me, first of all, I think, you know, what I want. What I want to see, especially from the governments, you know, talk, talking about it, it's good. It's going to put pressure, but I feel like we need to take some actions by, you know, democratic reform, sanctions, you know, stop buying the slave labor items, diplomatic uh, pressure, that those things are going to bring some uh, real change. But the other thing is what I, uh, what I, what my message is, you know, only Tibetan people should decide the future of uh, Tibet. And I'm saying this over and over again, Tibet belongs to Tibetan people. And I hope uh, and believe that Tibet will achieve independence. And, you know, the, my last message is, I think to all my, uh, you know, athlete friends and all my, all the people out there who has a, a platform, I feel like we need to stand for innocent people out there and be their voice who don't have a, a, a voice. And I hope you know one one day we can sit in the same table and eat some moma again. Wongbula, <laughs> <laughs> you want to add? I'm a good cook. I I don't know if I come soon to the US. Let's make some moma. But uh, seriously, yeah, seriously, I think it's I'm so inspired, you see, by the energy of Tulu Wangji. He spent six years in prison, you see, and now he's doing this tour, talking to the people, you see, engaging them, singing with them, you see, trying to convince and get their sympathy. And I think uh, if I see you, Ennis, you see, doing all this work, you see, I think it's, there's so, there's so much cynicism in this world. And I think it's, it's just, uh, we have to look to the positive side, to the positive role models, and you both are such role models for 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 many people so i'm just happy to be with you today yeah to that also to that and i shall also add uh, that uh, 
as you know, as China gets ready to the Olympic Games and the whole world will be watching China, let us also not forget what actually is going on uh, in China against the Tibetans, against the Uyghurs, against Hong Kongers, you know, against uh, the, the Southern Mongolia over there. So please join us in action. There are many groups who are doing many different types of action. You can take part in uh, anything you can uh, while these games are going on. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, I will end our conversation today uh, here, continue, our ICT is, operates with the support of our members, so please go to savetibet.org, uh, learn more about what's going on, and uh, we thank you for your continued support, and um, at the end, I want to end with this short video of uh, Tundup when um, he was released uh, uh, from prison. On that note, thank you all for attending. Thank you everyone who's watching and we will see everybody else, everybody uh, February 17th for our next Tibet Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tibet Talks. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Learn more at savetibet.org slash pod. To find out how you can get involved in our efforts to promote human rights and democratic freedoms for the people of Tibet, please visit savetibet.org support. Thank you and see you next time on Tibet Talks.